and welcome to episode 986 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Wednesday, November 11th, November 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, it's been a while, so I'm already messing up the dates. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. This is uh, a perfect way to start a podcast. I, I mean, it's you haven't so recorded fitting. it in a month. We should just restart it, but we'll go with it, and I'll eat, I'll eat the mistake. It's been a while. Like That's been, that's it. That was our break, okay? That, that was our 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 winter break we're back we will have regular episodes the uh, the rest of the off season uh, we had our one at first pitch arizona and then i've been jet setting all over the place so i've been a little unavailable and we're back now though um i'm excited to talk some baseball my my off season juices are already flowing i know some people want to take some time and decompress and i respect that uh i do not share that though i do not need Time, like even with the time off that we've had for the pot, it wasn't because I was like, no baseball, get away from me. It was more of unavailability. I've still been absorbing a bunch of stuff, reading your rankings, reading different articles, listening to different pods. I'm still full baseball mode. Uh, I know prior to this year, your off season would be a little bit different because you would still be full football. So it allowed you to kind of step away. Has anything been different this year now that you're not doing football anymore? Have you still been fully dialed in on baseball? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you mentioned, I've already been releasing ranks. Uh, probably have uh, my pitcher ranks up here in the next two, starting pitcher ranks up here in the next two days. Done all the p- positions so far. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I I don't have an off season. I think my wife would like me to have an off season. Yeah. I've been yeah. taking things like a little bit easy uh, or I'm, I'm not. How many like, drafts yet? I have only done the one draft. Okay. Uh, that we did at F Pass. Okay. I'm, I I mean I don't I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I made a bet with Rob Silver while we were in Arizona on how many drafts I would end or how many teams I'd end up doing. Um, and the over under is seventeen and a half. If uh, if I go over that, uh, I have to buy him dinner, um, an expensive dinner uh, next time we hang out. Whether you know, it's in Vegas or, or or in Arizona, the funny thing is, it's like you're fully in control of that, and <laughs> I still think you're gonna lose. I I have spreadsheeted this out. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet of my prospective teams. Okay, uh, and currently I'm at sixteen in terms of what I'm projecting so, myself to to do. November tenth. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would never get that wrong. I had the date right. It's November tenth, and you're already up against the uh, the, the number here, We're right there. You're at sixteen projected, with seventeen being the over under, mm-hmm. and you don't think you're going over. I don't. I don't think I'm going over oh, because I'm yeah. going to what I mean, listen, if, if we were just having this conversation and there was no bet involved, yes, I would absolutely be going over. But because there is an incentive and I hate to lose. That's true. I know that. But, man, you also hate to say no to folks. So Oh, I have no it's... problem saying no, folks. And I, I'm dropping out of leagues that I actually enjoy. Like, I don't All think right. I'm doing Raz Slam this year. Look, I, well, that's one you should be doing, though. That's best ball. Yeah. You should be doing the best ball. I know, but if I want to do other leagues, I have to make cuts. The hard part is, like, I'm involved in so many industry leagues I don't want to jump out of. Like, yeah. I don't want to leave Tau Ors. I, I'm obviously not going to leave TGFBI or Barf. I'm going to leave Barf. Yeah, yeah, so, like, you know, like, I'm not doing labor this year with you. Yeah, but, I mean... uh 
I don't know if Joe is either. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see where everything is with that. But uh, I wish you the best. Uh, I, I do kind of hope you fail just for the meme of it, though. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I will say, you know, we're, we're giving you hell here. I'm already in a draft right now. I'm doing I'm doing a best ball, though. Je- Jeff Zimmerman, our, our friend, got me into one. And it's a $5 best ball. And I'm like, best balls, I can say yes to left and right. Because the whole thing, and I, you know, I've talked about this. I, I've been where you were. I'm just a little bit further down the road in terms of of cutting things back and, and scaling back my in-season workload. And that's really the issue for me is making sure that I don't have to do, uh, you know, X number of leagues, 20 plus leagues or something of fab every Sunday because that's just overwhelming and I and I can't do it. So that's my main thing is making sure that I don't have too many leagues to manage uh, every week. So best balls, I can do that. That's a draft. Uh, that's, you know, another crack at learning the the player pool, which is really what the I think the benefit is of off-season drafts is is to really learn the pool. And that's part of, and I speaking of Rob, I know he hates mock drafts. That's the real value that I get out of them is trying team constructions and learning the pool. So I will use the best balls to be to learn the pool. Um I, yeah, I see I'm I'm still going to like do actual drafts to learn the pool. I'm just one, I'm kind of waiting a little bit longer than I normally would to start drafts. And that's mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is I don't want to end up in 40 drafts again. Exactly. But part of it is also like we don't know what's going to go on with the CBA. True. And, True. Um, and not that we will know necessarily by even like January 1st. But I feel like if there's a chance that there's going to be a delay to the start of the season, I want to have kind of a little bit of better idea of what I'm doing before that point. I mean, I understand the the concern, and, and I share the concern. But man, and and I know these idiots shoot themselves in in the foot regularly. The, the these idiots being mm-hmm. th- those in charge of baseball, but they have to know that that they become hockey if they have a lockout. And, well, if they're gonna they, have a lockout. The question is, is that no, lockout? I don't going... think it's guaranteed. You think they're going to have a CBA done before December 2nd? I mean, I don't know, but I, I just I don't think it's a lockdown guarantee that, yeah. that they go. The the last thing I had seen was someone saying that it's like a 90% chance there's a lockout in the offseason. But, but that based on what, though? They don't. Based on that, sources. That, yeah, sources, more sources. Sources, no more than I do. Like, you know, so I, I think there I think there will be a lockout. Um I don't know if like all these early one-year deals uh, that we've seen go on are an indication that teams are planning for a season, or if it's like, hey, if we if we end up locking out, we don't have to pay out this one-year deal type thing. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see, and it, it could turn the upside t- turn the off-season upside down too. Um, God, it's just. The last thing I want to talk about and think about is labor issues. Um, and yet that's pretty much all we're going to be talking about for the bulk of the season until things are locked and loaded. But uh, we're not going to do that. Let's dive in. Let's talk some some actual baseball here. Let's get into some of those some of the news there, including one of the one year deals. And I know. Listen, I know he went to your, your rival, but I know this one makes you happy because this is your boy, Andrew Heaney. 
to the Dodgers. I know you were hoping that your Giants would turn him into the next uh, Desclafani or uh, Gosman or whomever uh, because everything worked for them last year. You were hoping that he was the next in line for the Giants. But even though they're your, your least favorite team, the Dodgers know what they're doing with pitching. You've got to be happy about the uh, reunion here. Don't forget Andrew Heaney, I believe, was uh, traded to them for like nine seconds, yeah, I believe yeah. it was. <laughs> and and, then, and uh, tweeted out after he was traded to the next team, like, I really enjoyed my time as a Dodger. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Like, he literally, same day, uh, was then dealt to the from the Marlins to the Dodgers and then from the Dodgers to the Angels uh, for Howie Kendrick. But Heaney's going to go to the Dodgers. Um, this is a team that, like I said, great with pitching. Maybe they have a solution for his home run issue because I feel like if you can curb that, uh, obviously health would, would be huge too. But but in terms of his skills, if you can get that home run issue in check, there's still a, a very live arm here. Um, How did the news strike you when you saw Heaney going out to the Dodgers on a one-year deal? Uh, I mean, like you mentioned, it was bittersweet. Like, it's my my favorite pitcher um, outside of Kyle Gibson. Uh, <laughs> landing with my least favorite team. Uh, and I'm going to continue to fall for it. I, I know I will. Um, especially because I think there will be no price attached. Yeah, it will uh, not be expensive at all. You know, even if he does make the rotation, which I don't know that it's guaranteed, but... I was actually looking the other day at uh, when I was on the Friends of Fancy Benefits podcast um, at the Dodgers' projected rotation as of now. It's not good. <laughs> it's Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, uh, Tony Gonsolin, Andrew Heaney, and David Price. Well, it, a couple things. Scherzer's a free agent. Mm-hmm. No qualifying. Uh, so is Clayton Kershaw with no qualifying offer either. My guess is that they think he would have taken it and they didn't want to pay him 19 mil um that that's very alarming uh, if you're looking at kershaw for the future right that the fact that they didn't even give him a qo unless they've already got something kind of worked out um that's the only way i could spin that in, in a positive way for for kershaw otherwise i think there has to be some concern we there if there was something worked out right like we'd have some sort of idea. Well, I imagine, I, I don't know. I, I guess, it, you know, it's open period, so they could sign it. So if they had something where they where they were going to sign him for 15 for one year, it would already be announced. You're right. So I don't know. But it is alarming that uh, that they didn't even give him a qualifying offer. So, yeah, outside of Bueller and Urias, it, it's wide open. But that does give Heaney an opportunity. I'm a big Gonsolin fan. He was a disaster this year. I'm not, uh, I'm not completely jumping off of that train either. I think he can rebound. Uh, Price will not be in their starting rotation uh, to open the year. They will, they will make a move. And obviously, there's still uh, the Trevor Bauer situation, mm-hmm. and we, we have no resolution there with regards to the off the field uh, sexual assault situation. Is a resolution coming? Like, I know well, he he didn't opt out. He he declined his opt out, which isn't surprising because he owes owed I think thirty two million dollars each of the next two seasons. I, I don't believe he's going to be out of baseball, and I, I know some people want that. Like, and we've talked about this before. When you get to a he said, she said, it's very difficult in the court of law to come definitively out and and what, throw him in prison. I just, you know, that doesn't I, – I don't know that they're going to be able to do that. So I th- what I think is going to end up happening is it will be um, – uh, resolve from a from a base from a baseball standpoint in terms of um, they're going to say okay 
you can come back. They're going to throw, I think they'll throw an extra suspension on in, in addition to this administrative leave that he's been on, maybe another 80 games or something, and then he'll be back. But that would still be like half half of next year. So I don't think you can care about him in terms of fantasy right now. That's obviously the furthest thing from uh, from our minds with regards to Bauer. I don't think he'll be out of baseball, though. I don't. There's no precedent that uh, off the field issues like this have have driven somebody out of the game. I think it's a situation where um, if it's settled civilly, then um, then they'll deal with that. And then, like I said, I believe baseball will tack on because he's on some sort of suspension. administrative leave with pay, right? So this isn't yeah. technically a, they can't use this as a suspension because he's been exactly. paid the whole time, right? Exactly. So. so he's just been not playing. That's why I think. That whatever the resolution is, again, if it's civil, which is probably that's probably the where there'll be any um, uh, any sort of recompense for the for the victim, then it will be like, okay, now this is ready to move forward from a baseball standpoint. Here's an 80 game suspension. That's kind of how I think it'll go with Bauer, which means he's still out half of this year. If you are going to start start to get into the uh, where does he fit into the Dodgers plan? So that's another guy that. We're not looking at right now. So it goes back to Bueller, Urias, Heaney, and then wide open. They're going to be players in the market too. Don't, don't be surprised if, you know, they go get like, um, I don't know, Eduardo Rodriguez. I know my, uh, my Tigers have been linked to him early, which I would not hate that by the way, but uh, the Dodgers are going to be active. So they'll, they'll pick up something. They, they're always down for trades as well. They've got options. Um, but I think bringing in Heaney to be either the three or four, is uh, is really interesting. Don't sleep on some of their in-house guys too. Mitch White, flash flash some skills that I still believe he could actually be a a starter for them as well. So we'll see if that's an option for them. Uh, Ryan Pepio, I imagine that's how it, uh, how it's pronounced. P E P I O T. Pepiot would uh, would be the dumb way to say it. It has to be Pepio, right? But he only had 42 innings at Triple A, so I doubt he's ready to like. And he, and they and they were bad, so I think that that would be like a in season option. So they're going to fill in some holes uh, in in some way, whether it's trade or free agency. But he needs a good pickup. They have a lot of uh, Bob, or not. Bobby wait. Miller might be a guy who who factors in in the second True. half of the season too. I mean, we saw him down. In, in Arizona for the Arizona Fall League, uh, you know, only through like I think 56 innings um, in the minors this year, but also, like I said, throwing in uh, in Arizona to kind of add to that inning total. Uh, he could be a guy that that factors in Absolutely. later, depending, especially with injuries and things like that. And Dustin May will be a second half guy, but he didn't get his yeah, Tommy John until mid-May, not... so... Yeah, I wouldn't even draft him in a draft and hold, to be honest. But I do like I do like the Heaney move. It's a solid move for them. Uh, let's keep moving on here. Oh, man. A's and Reds, they're tearing it down. They've been pretty blatant about where they're going. This is so uh, garbage. It's, it's, just... it's such trash. The Reds threatened it last year. Remember, we, we talked mm-hmm. about how Castillo and Gray were both on the block. They didn't end up trading either. So they kind of telegraphed this last year, and now they're going through with it. They will be moving. Uh, I would think at least one of them, Castellanos is out. Uh, they're, they're slashing. They're slashing payroll. In fact, um, we're going to get to the, the trade in a moment, but they've already traded uh, one of their players in Tucker Barnhart. I don't think that is necessarily a major indicator of the teardown because they do have a catcher in Tyler Stevenson. But 
if they were really serious about about competing, I don't think that they had to trade Barnhart. Keeping Barnhart and Stevenson together would have been completely fine for a team that is serious about contending. They are not. Meanwhile, all the reports are suggesting that the A's will trade the Mats, uh, Olsen and Chapman, and also Bassett. They're going to trade Chapman too. I saw the Matt Olsen one. Well, it's more it's more of a uh, reading the tea leaves there that that Olsen was the one that was kind of explicitly said to be on the block. But then it would follow that maybe they don't sell low on Chapman. Maybe they build his value back yeah, up. Next I year. would think they would hold on to one. I mean, he, he he'll is... still he'll still draw a ton, though. That's the thing. I don't think they have to. I still think he I still think there'd be a big market for him. Yeah, no, nobody traded Matt Chapman and Matt Olsen. That might be the most pathetic lineup I have seen in a long time. Oh, it'll be rough. It'll be rough. I mean, we'll see what they get back for Olsen and Chapman if they trade them both. Uh, but they're going to look at trading one of Bassett, Manai, and Montas, maybe two of them, you know, because they're 32, 30, and 29, respectively. Uh, so they're they're tearing it down. It's disgusting. Uh, both these teams crying poor. We know that no team is truly poor. It's it's, it's their own decision to, uh, to to limit their finances. But these are two teams that that have cores that could build and and keep them competitive. You know, the A's were in the playoffs last year and they were pretty competitive this year for most of the year. Second half kind of fell apart on them, but they still had an 86 and 76 season. The Reds made the playoffs in the shortened season and they too were kind of competitive this year. They just couldn't get over the hump. That bullpen was really problematic. So they ended up 83 and 79, but neither team needs to tear it down. This is a choice by both of them. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, uh, if I were a fan of those teams, I'd be I'd be irate. I really would. I mean, I, I kind of I mean, I guess I expect it from both teams, but I, I mean, I I can kind of understand it from the A's perspective a lot. You know, you've well, we've got, seen it from them so many times. That's why. Well, and I mean, the Manners are clearly becoming a force in that division. The Astros are a force in that division. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, have lost. They're going to lose guys to free agency here. Uh, they, you know, they traded away Simeon. Uh, or they they let Simeon go. They let him walk uh, last year. Like, like I kind of get it a little bit more than Cincinnati, who really was like I think you mentioned was a team that was kind of coming on last season and um, you know made a run for the playoffs uh, that you know just fell a little bit short and has some really really interesting good pieces they have on a this fantastic team. core. Like it, it is so frustrating if you're a Reds fan that 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 they're going to be starting to tear this apart. It makes no sense to me, and it's just this stuff, man. It is so frustrating. I mean, they just let Wade Miley walk, and and listen, Wade Miley is not some they god. Something, for but if Miley. you can't pay ten mil for him, or like just you're saying, trade him. actually trade him, yeah, uh, that's disgusting. It's disgusting. He's easily a ten mil. A year guy he's like a 15 mil a year type guy and they just let him walk to the cubs cubs who also cry poor even they were like well i mean come on it's 10 mil for you know yeah, that, i mean that's got to be useful innings it's got to be the easiest waiver claim of all time well not for all sure time, but pretty close like i mean he's coming off a season in which he had a 337 era in 163 innings um i know i mean a lot of it was you know, kind of faulty and like not not well, legit. But no, 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 no,
the ERA indicators aren't as strong because he doesn't miss bats. But I think we're several years in now to a, a, a contact suppression profile to where I think Wade Miley deserves credit for being a, a quality uh, you know, number four starter type. Yeah, no, and, and I agree with that. I mean, you know, I don't think everything was, uh, you know, a farce or anything like that. I, I mean, I just clearly think he, you know, a bit overperformed, especially in the ERA department when we're looking at, you know, 133 whip. Um, but even if he's a mid, even if he's a mid fours guy. Oh, you know, and I don't like, even think he's going to regress necessarily that far. Like, I think exactly. he's like a, like a low fours, high threes kind of guy. Um, for 170, 180 innings for the Cubs. He, he's a walking baseline quality start. 683 yeah. runs. You can get that out of him every fifth day, pretty routinely, uh, with, with spikes of greatness. And every every once in a while, a major dud, too. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll drop like a 6-7 earned run out there every once in a while. But, uh, yeah, the fact that they, that they feel like that they couldn't uh, give him 10 mil, it, it's disgusting. It, that's really the only way I can describe it. And and f both these teams, man. I they're 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 nauseating the way they they play this. And uh, listen, I, I just hope uh, I just hope my Tigers maybe start knocking on the door of either of them and <laughs> poach some of these pieces because you, you can say plenty of say plenty of things about the Tigers. They've been very bad uh, for a while. In fact, all Detroit sports are. But when they're competing, they are ready to go, and they spend. Uh, and even when they're not competing, fans show out over there. So. You know, I root for a, a bottom team myself, but I would put my my team in the, in the way they run their so themselves over the Reds and the A's all day because at least when they see that they have a competing team, they actually push. And we'll see how much they push this year with regards to going for like a Correa or something. But uh, yeah, the A's and Reds piss me off so much. Let, let, let's stay in the AOS, excuse me, and talk a little Seattle. You mentioned how they're a fast-charging team. They had a quality year this year, didn't quite get over the hump as far as uh, playoffs, but they are 90 and 72, and there's a lot to like going forward. I think it's pretty easy to make the case that they can improve next year with with just with growth, uh, let alone some of the other players that will develop and, and be part of that team. One thing that we've already seen, though, is that Ty France is going to be locked in to play first base, which, okay, great. This isn't so much about Ty France. What does this mean for Evan White? They are talking about how he may start the year in the minors. Different makeup in terms of the player and, and how they go, but is this is this another uh, Jonathan Singleton situation where he signed the deal before he ever reached the majors? And it's because he's just not that good and he's taking the money when he can get it. What's your outlook on Evan White now that his position has already been given away here in November? And uh, we don't know what to make of him coming off the disastrous uh, 306 plate appearances from 2020 and 2021 that he has as a, as a major leader. He has a 544 OPS. Is he already cooked at age 26 for Evan White? I don't know that he's cooked. But I think he may need to find a new team at some point. Already? Uh, I mean, if they're... I mean, I think the bigger issue isn't necessarily Ty France at first base. Is that Kyle Lewis is, you know, a paper doll and needs to DH. Um, and that the combination of those teams are going to lock him out of uh, a spot. Well, plus, Evan White's a great defender, so you wouldn't want to waste him at DH anyway. His his best asset right now, given how bad his hitting's been, yeah. is but, I mean, field. Ty France, you can't put Ty France at DH because of Kyle Lewis, so then you can't yeah, put White fair. 
at first, and like he's not the type of player you necessarily want on your bench. You can't really play another position to give you added flexibility. I'm. Uh, Could he maybe play? I wonder if maybe he needs to like try to figure out second base. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, guys, we've seen guys like he's this. He's athletic like, uh, enough. He probably could. Um, you know, I mean, this is, you know, you know, there, there's always like people talking about. I think you and I are talking about uh, just like how amazing the Ozzy Albies contract. Uh, oh my god, it's yes. turning out to be for the Braves in terms of what they're going to end up getting in, uh, from him for, it's for nothing. But it's like, criminal. this is the the flip side of that is. Uh, you know, I mean, Evan White would be getting nothing if not for taking this deal that locks him up, you know, for, you know, through 2025. And, and it still can't really hurt the Mariners. The, the guaranteed oh, no. portion it, is, it's, is one four next year, then three, then seven. It's an average value of four million. Yeah. And then so. if he if he gets good, uh, they've got they club have options H- till 2028. Yeah, 30, 31, and 32 for 10, 11, and 12.5 mil. Uh, otherwise, he gets four mil in combined buyouts, uh, two, one, and one for those three years. So, you know, he's he's getting paid, but and I, I don't want to judge a guy too harshly over 306 plate appearances spread out over the last two years, but it's already looking pretty bleak because he's going to be 26 next year, and I wonder if maybe they just have to trade him already. Yeah. I, I, another I think... team will take that deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a team, uh, a team like the Reds or even like the A's could, yeah. you know, use this as part of, uh, you know, a Matt Olson type trade or at least Castillo type trade. Like, I, I think a pitcher uh, mm-hmm. from the from the, um, excuse me, from the A's to the Mariners. I know, you know, in, intra division. Sometimes people are like, well, they're going to do that. It just kind of depends. But if they moved like a, ba- a Bassett, Manaya, or Montas with white as a big piece of that deal. Maybe, maybe that's something that we see there uh, with those two teams, but what about like a sunny gray trade? Yeah, that would also work. Uh, Castillo or gray with white being a big part. Now we, we definitely believe not, and we're not meme in here cause we, we memed on you all, all year about the NLDH. Um, but we firmly believe that it will actually be there for mm-hmm. 2022 and beyond with the CBA coming up. Yeah, maybe so, Cincinnati, though, isn't a great spot because I'm sure they want to use that DH spot on Stevenson at point. So with Votto think, still locked up, I, I don't know if that's the well, best of landings. White doesn't play every single day, though, right? Like, like he, even if you trade for him, I don't think that he's so locked. Like, right, we're talking about how bad he is. Those days, you put Votto at first. Stevenson at DH still. Plus, if he's the main catcher, maybe he doesn't get as many off days still in the field. He might uh, he might himself have to actually breathe a little bit, and we'll get into the, the, that Tucker Barnhart trade in just a moment. But uh, we'll see what happens with, with regards to Evan White. Uh, we know Trader J- Jerry over there, Jerry DePoto, uh, is not afraid to make moves. Maybe it's time already to move White because, again, that deal is not going to deter any team. If anything, it might make them more interested in trading for him because it's a perfectly fair deal. And he deserves he deserves a 400-plate appearance shot at least to see, okay, wh- where are you at here at age 26? It's just been bleak so far. Um, Bobby Witt could break camp at third base for the Royals. And, you know, this is another thing that we have to see where the CBA is going in terms of do they alter the uh, service time manipulation rules and things like that. But on its face, that's that's 
That's that's what the news was, was that he is fighting to break camp. But at third base, meaning Mondesi would go back to second, or uh, would go back to short, which I, I, the reason I wanted to bring this up, it, not just because of wit, but Mondesi's only eligible at third base going into the yeah. year. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Um, and it's... Uh, uh, it's actually kind of nice because third base is such a weird position. And shortstop is so deep again. Oh, shortstop's insanely deep. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, was, I was talking with Dave McDonald, I think, on the Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast uh, this week. And I said, like, yeah, I think I'm going to have a lot of Jose Ramirez shares just because I don't care about, you know, while I love Trey Turner and I think he there's reason to take him in the top two or three. Uh, man, where, I, where, where are you trying to take Ramirez, though, is the question. I mean, I... I like, what what KDS do you think you need to consistently get him the way... Because you had that map. spot again is, is so? going to be really nice. I'm nervous that he's not getting there. Hmm. And Because I'm with you. I, I love him. I'm a big, big Ramirez guy. Um, he went earlier than that in our draft, did he not, when, when we were in Arizona? I honestly then, cannot remember... We're trying to find the picture draft. of the board real quick. Um, and then in this uh, draft and hold I'm in, he went fourth. Hmm. I feel like he's creeping up because of how great his season was. Well, I've got a saying, mock draft tonight uh, for a magazine, so I will I will let me know. see where he's uh, where he's going. I don't know what pick I have in that, but um, he went he went eighth in, in our draft. Okay. So yeah, that that but I think that's like the late I think you need to 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 ensure him the way you did with Turner, which was which was your first round game plan this year, and you were consistently getting the seven eight pick. I think you need more of the six seven area with uh, to to ensure a bunch of Ramirez shares. That that's that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, I'm. You know, I mean, I'll be really interested to see. You know, I'm. I believe that we're gonna get our first ADP look from NFBC uh, at some point this week or early next gotta be soon because they're, they're open for business uh, they're doing and, drafts left and yep. right i i'm you know fiending and and, and scratching myself wanting <laughs> to jump in them but uh yeah i mean i think that i think yeah probably six seven eight is where i'm likely to do my kds i really want to see what the second round looks like like what are people yeah. doing like i've i've you know and obviously there's it's such a small sample of drafts that have happened like a lot of different things, you know, are, are still kind of working itself out. But I've seen like, you know, guys like Mullins make it to the back end of the second round quite a bit. And if that, that's oh, for gonna sure. be the case, I'm going to be super happy this year. Yeah. I mean, if you can get Ramirez Mullins to start, your speed's looking mm-hmm. really nice You start nice like there. Ramirez Mullins, uh, Lance Lynn, like that. I, I like that trio. Mm-hmm. That would be really nice. Uh, but anyway, back to wait real quick here. Again, put aside CBA stuff because we don't know uh, in terms of him breaking camp. Uh, hopefully they sit, set something up to where service time manipulation isn't so prevalent. Um, they, they, I think they have to, actually, because that, that's going to be such a major sticking point. I think something has to change it. I don't if think they the go players stuff, care. I don't think the major league players don't care about it. Like they've, disagree. Like, they've always just thrown those guys under the bus. Like they just they don't care. And I, I – and I disagree that they will continue to do so. They're realizing how problematic it has been now, especially with ownership 
cutting them off at the free agent market now and and making smaller deals and not having as long term of commitments. So they're not getting that money back uh, when they become free agents the way they used to. So I think that they're going to be smarter about making sure that they get paid for the production that they're putting up. But anyway, the question is, Excellent double year, uh, double level season for Wit at double A and triple A. Uh, he killed it at both levels, almost equal samples, 61 and 62 games, respectively. Uh, 16 14 for homers and stolen bases at double A, 17 15 at triple A. So he's a god. If he breaks camp, what's a 22 year old Bobby Witt doing next year for you? What, what, where do you add on a projection? I'll tell you, Steamer has him for 126 games with 23 homers and 17 steals. Uh, where do you come out if Bobby Witt does indeed break camp? Wow, that is an insane, insane projection. And and it's not even the homers and steals that are insane to me. It's the batting average. Like, like they, they think he's going to be a above league average batting average. Like, uh, I mean, he's, why not? You know, I mean, if you're going to project... The, his skills, you would think that he has the skills to come in and be great right away. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I, I, I definitely would be on the lower end of the power. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm projecting 20 home runs from him uh, in his rookie year. Just because Kaufman is a hard place to hit. It is, but it's harder on lefties. So mm-hmm. he shouldn't, he shouldn't feel as much of the brunt. I mean, he was, he was amazing in the minors this year. 275 ISO in double A, 296 in triple A. If he really looks like he could um, break camp with the team, he's going to be a second or third rounder. And I, I just can't do it. Like I, I, it's, no, I can't do it's that. It's like not like I've already seen him go in the third round of NFBC drafts so far. Okay, that's that's. Um, wild i think wander franco is probably influencing that yeah but i mean that means he'll be going ahead of wander franco like, no i know I'm, I'm just saying i i think he's going ahead of wander franco uh because of it, his speed feels more guaranteed both because he ran more uh mm-hmm. this year in the minors and because of the, the organization that he's in that likes to run yeah i think i would probably be like a 20 man i hate to say it but i think he's a 2020 guy out the i think he has 2020 potential out the gate it's, it's like on one hand you think oh wander franco and how great he was but beware but beware the eyes of kelnick yeah. yep <laughs> yeah. and and how much he looked like a, a uh, and so guy. like i'm not gonna pay the price that he's gonna go for I'm not paying top five rounds blind on wit. No shot. Kelnick was going, I want to say like 150, 160, something like that. If not later, like he, he, no. yeah. And that one still hurt. I'm not. Exactly. I'm not going to spend a second or third. You and I were both right there. We loved him. Yeah. So we oh, took I drafted him L. everywhere. Like I, yeah, we, we took I had him, but like, that's the spot I want to take a gamble. I don't want to take a gamble in the second or third round. No. Um, or even like, even like, gambling, let's say like that one person is fucking insane. And obviously he's not going to be a third round pick, but like, let's say he's a fifth round pick. That's so still high. like my number two SP or my first closer 
my third hitter off the board for a guy that one not guaranteed to be in the majors. Okay, and, well, let, let's play this game though real quick. Guaranteed that he comes up. Where would you take him? If they say it is locked and loaded, there's a new CBA that says that the service time manipulation doesn't make sense. Not a anymore. single digit round. I'm I'm with you, by the way. Yeah. Uh, even with that guarantee, it's too scary. Um, and I love Wit, and I was taking him last year as a flyer, like just in case type of deal. But I mean, we're talking like 25th round type deal. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't take him that high, sight unseen, with 62 games at AAA. No way, because yeah, you can you can be excited about what Wander Franco did and use that as one of your check marks. But again, you go right to Kelnick. You only need two guys to run the gamut on how this could go uh, in terms of top prospects and and how they how they hit instantly. Wander Franco was great, but even like he was great, but still not really from a fantasy stamp. Like the two eighty eight is awesome and the seven homers, but he had two steals and three tries. So I don't know. It wasn't even it wasn't even overwhelming from a fantasy standpoint. And then Kelnick obviously flopped, started to show some some things toward the end of the year. Just just be careful with the Bobby Witt situation. I don't want to belabor it too much. We'll probably talk more about him as the season goes, especially if we get clarity on the CBA. Any final mm-hmm. thoughts on Witt? No, just I mean third base is just kind of a a mess. Like. I didn't even rank Wit necessarily. All right, when my first release that and that was a mistake. Um, he just didn't come up in my projections because I hadn't done him yet. So, uh, but like just eyeballing it, like Bobby Witt or Josh Donaldson. Do- Donaldson for sure. Ma- mainly Witt because or- he reads my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. That's, that's amazing. Uh, Bobby Witt or Brian Hayes. Cabrizi. Uh Wit or Moncada? I gotta go Moncada. Like I just I can't. And Justin I, I understand Turner? some uh, I probably start to lean toward Wit then. Chapman? I'm still going Chapman. I'm going back to the well here. So I, like that's putting him right around I have Chapman as my fifteenth third baseman right now. So that's not top five rounds, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Listen, I love Wit. And uh, and we'll see how it goes as the season, uh, the offseason evolves in terms of his draft price. But I, I think if you're paying that high, uh, you're just trying to get too cute. And, and to what end, right? If he does succeed, okay, great. But like, you also give away all the profit potential. Exactly. And I don't think it's a league winner necessarily, right? And I just don't see the upside in doing that. There's so much downside. There's very little. It's it's a, it's a league winner if you get that player in the eleventh round. Bingo. It's not and a that, league winner when you take him in the second or third. No, because he just does what other second or third rounders were supposed yeah. to do. And and so you're you're just trying to have the the fun shiny new toy. Which hey, to each their own. You pay your money. We you all want to have the but, shiny new toy. But but, but don't be silly about but, it. But get it at a place where that toy looks even better at the end of the year. I'd rather take Julio Rodriguez in a double-digit round than Bobby Witt in a single-digit round. You know? Yeah, that's a gamble I'd be willing to take. Yeah, that and that's one that people will start to take, and then I could see his off-season price rising. Uh, so I, hit, I hinted at it earlier. Tucker Barnhart traded to my beloved Detroit Tigers. I actually... Uh, randomly threw this out on stream a couple weeks ago. Well, we, I think we were. T- it was in the context of talking about Tyler Stevenson, and you know what he could do next year with a, with a full shot. And then people were like, "Well, yeah, Tucker Barnhart." It's like maybe they move Tucker Barnhart. People were like, "Well, where where could he go?" I was like, "My Tigers," and I just kind of 
you know, I, I love when you make a random call and, and it happens to, to come to fruition. It's not like I said it was definitely going to happen or had any notion that it would. I just thought that they were a decent fit for a veteran catcher while they uh, while they kind of develop guys like Jake Rogers and Dylan Dingler. And boom, it happens. And I really like this move. And I do think there's fantasy impact, not only because Barnhart himself is, is a viable C2 uh, in deeper leagues, which you and I uh, play almost exclusively, but also what he can do for the pitching staff. And they have not had, uh, you know, uh, Jake Rogers, Grayson Griner, I believe. Who else was catching? Oh, Eric Haas. We'll get to him in a moment. Um, not not really aiding the pitchers in any way, shape, or form in terms of their, their work behind the dish. Barnhart absolutely does do that. So I think he's an instant value add to the Tigers pitching, which we know that their young pitching is is the driving force behind this team becoming competitive. Uh, when you saw Barnhart traded over to the Tigers, uh, did you have my same feeling of, hey, this is this is good for their young arms? Yeah, I mean, my initial feeling was a completely different subject altogether, uh, and that is... Tyler Stevenson is free. Oh yeah, no, that, free, I was doing baby. backflips on that uh-huh. too. Um, this was yeah, this was a double win because I am a diehard Tigers fan, as everyone knows. So I was happy from that end, but I'm a big Stevenson guy too, mm-hmm. and I think he can build on the quality year that he had uh, and push uh, almost 500 plate appearances. Yeah, no, I, I've already moved Stevenson up three spots in my catcher ranks. Uh, Love it. Following this deal, so that'll be. Uh, updated probably sometime next week uh, uh, on the site when I do a, a quick re-release uh, for those people who are yelling at me in the, the fan graphs <laughs> comments. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is great for the arms. I don't know that it's great for Tucker Barnhart, necessarily. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty drastic park change. Yeah, it's a, it's a, park, it's a park dip, and without a doubt. he wasn't a guy that had a ton of power in the bat to begin with. Um, but... All that spacious outfield, maybe some more base hits. Maybe he gets back to uh, to to hitting for a little decent average. But I, early in his career, I think he was like a 260, 270 type. Yeah, mm-hmm. he hit 270. He was as, all the way brutal, back in twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to sell people on Tucker Barnhart being their big option at catcher, but as a C two, I think he could be a two sixty plus kind of guy. And and if you can get a positive average out of your C two, that's a win because most of the league will not be getting that. Yeah, I think he's more of a two forty five, two fifty guy. Uh, yeah, I mean that's where and, the projection is going to be. You're, um, you're, you're, the you're, projections you're actually have him for two twenty seven. Um, oh, that that's weird. Um, Why? I, I mean, he hit one fifty five in September, so I don't know how much they're waiting like the end of the season. Uh, well, and because he hit two o. Projections are still going to be messed up from the 2020 season. So people, he had a 196 BABIP in September. Yeah, you're right. He had 204, but he had I don't 204 know. 204 in 2020, I think, probably carries I, a little bit too much weight. Um, I'm not trying to be a Tigers homer. Like, I'm not going to lose sleep over a Barnhart uh, This projection. is a really smart move for the pitching staff. Like, I, this I is, love it. I really, really liked it um, for, for the Tigers. You know, he's still really affordable. Uh, on you know, kind of in on that club option, then they get for him. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was a really kind of smart, savvy moves, and I like a lot of the Detroit pitchers coming in the next season. Yep. Um, yep. I, Scooble I, is going to be a huge target for me. Uh, I like Mize uh, quite a bit. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm not out on Manning, man. He's I'm not out on Manning either. I think he needs to retool some things for sure. Um, and I don't. I, I think maybe we overestimated the ceiling on him. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's. I don't know that we did. I don't think you can say that we did or not. It's 85 innings. It was a bad year, no matter how you slice it. Because don't forget, he was terrible at AAA too, mm-hmm. for 32 innings. Um, it's a bad year, no matter how you slice it. I don't think it it fundamentally alters his ceiling yet, though, because he's still just going to be 24. He missed the year of development at age at age 22 back in 2020, and I think that's big that he missed that. I, I'm keeping it status quo right now, and I'm willing to take the dollar gamble on Matt Manning because that's what it's going to be. Yeah, Nobody's absolutely. Saying anything like I, I, yeah, I think it's you know there, there's definitely worse players you could put a dollar on at the end of an auction or uh, you know. Uh, 27th round selection on uh, at the end of a 30 round draft. So, uh, you know, I mean, Torkelson would be interesting. You know, there's some talk that uh, originally that he could make the opening roster, but then I know he got injured in, uh, in, in Arizona. AFL. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like, and, and supposedly it was a significant injury, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen anything. I don't know if you, if you've seen anything. I- I haven't sent not since he left, um, and, and so we don't know. He he, it was a sprained ankle, uh, getting back on a pickoff attempt, and it was it was not good. But it, it, you know, the the quote was miss a quote unquote significant amount of time with the ankle injury. Thankfully, it is the off season, so even if that's two months down and he doesn't really get to ramp back up until the new year, that would still put him in line. Hopefully to be back uh, and ready to go for the season. And again, getting back to the whole CBA thing, if there is a situation where service time manipulation is no longer a thing, he could break camp playing first base for the club. If not, he should be up early in the in mm-hmm. the year ready to contribute for that team. So, yeah, I liked this Along one a lot. Riley Green. Oh, man, very excited about him too. Uh, Carlos Correa is going to be awesome in Detroit. <laughs> do you really think they sign him? Like, Do you think he wants to go to a place like Detroit? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't, because um, the money talks, as you always say. This and, is, I mean, and this if, is and true. And if they put if they put the three hundred plus million out there, why not? Because listen, um, they have a rabid fan base, so he's not going to some team that doesn't support him. He's got his old manager there in AJ Hinch, and if they put up the right money, why wouldn't he want to? I, I, I I'm not going to sit here and tell you like everywhere in Detroit's amazing, but there are places to live. That he doesn't are there have to, places to live? Yes, you clown. Okay. I'm just checking. There are places to live that are. It's aren't, been a long you know, time since I've been to Detroit. So the 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 negative areas of Detroit. And listen, I'm not the only one even saying this. This isn't just a Homer drum here. You go, you start to look at all the free agent articles out there, and a lot of a lot of those articles are projecting that the Tigers will be very involved here. And obviously, it makes a lot of sense. And even if it's not Correa, which I really hope it is, because the fit is so obvious with Hinch. I really hope it's it's Seager oh, or yeah, Story. I, totally, I kind of forgot that Hinch was the manager there. That does that, make that's the sense. that's the main driver. Yeah, um, is that you know they need shortstop badly. Their their window is opening right now. Like it all makes so much sense for them to spend big on on shortstop here. That like I don't think they can justify not doing it. Um, and it, again, it doesn't have to be Correa. It could be Seager. It could be Story. It could even be Semyon. I know he's a little bit older, but you sign him to like a three or four year deal. Although I, I'm seeing projections for like six, which I don't know if I want to pay a 30 year old six, um, especially one who's probably best at second base and, and would 
maybe spend the next couple years at short and then shift to second. Correa just makes too much sense. I think and Simeon ends up in Seattle. Now that would be interesting. That's that's my. But does he play second there? Yeah, he plays second. Okay, okay, because yeah, Crawford they love him, and and Crawford can pick it very nicely, and that'd be a nice little keystone combo. Uh, But yeah, I I really do think that this has a a good chance of happening. Uh, Not just trying to will it into existence as a Tigers fan, it it just makes too much sense not for the for them not to be very aggressive here and find themselves the uh, the future shortstop. Uh, we're going to talk some of your rankings here and we're going to talk one more thing about the Tigers. I'm sorry I'm turning this into the Tigers hour with the Barnhart and the Correa, but I got some questions for you about your rankings. The hell do you have Eric Haas at catcher 9 for? Like is do you feel like that's I mean I dropped him a spot with like, You need to drop him like 10 spots. And I'm not even talking about the the um, Barnhart thing. I'm talking. This is all from. This is even before the Barnhart trade. Do you actually think he's good? I think uh, not that he's good, but I think the fact that he gets the extra at bats. That's that's playing the, key. the other positions. He's not, he's not getting that this year. You don't think so? Why not? No, because he's not gonna... good in the field, and they and they're they're going to have better guys out there. Okay. I mean, because he got 34 games. And that, that really helped. Th- those supplemental plate appearances absolutely helped Haas. Um, and you love a non-catching catcher. Like, that's one of my favorite things to talk about is, is getting the non-catching catcher. So I'm, I was saying you as the general. But, yeah, you do. I do. I, I think that that is a bonus when it happens. I don't believe that's going to happen nearly as much next year with Grossman, Badu, and Derek Hill out there in the outfield. Uh, Victor Reyes, I think, is is even better to put out there instead of Haas. I, I just don't think he gets those supplemental plate appearances. And you look at the plate skills, and they were really bad. I mean, he had a 286 OBP, 231, 286, 459. He's got pop, but I don't think he gets enough plate appearances to even push 20 homers again. Um, and that's why I can't have him as top 10. He's going to be 29 next year. I'm not sure he's top 20 catcher for me. And, and then that, that, that last part uh, adds in the Barnhart situation. Uh, before Barnhart, I would say top 15 I could maybe do. But now that Barnhart's there and he's going to be the secondary catcher, he might mix in every once in a while in the outfield. But other than that, I, 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 I think he's what? A, I think he's uh, a 300 plate appearance guy. Oh, he got, oh wow. he got 381 this year. Okay. I just, and I'm, I just I'm, don't see him playing. I mean, my initial ranks, and I, I did get a lot of heat. They're really me eyeballing things. Sure. And, and, then, they're, they're and then playing with them. So, like, I'm like, he could easily move down 10 spots. I, I want to sell you on that. I, um, I think that's the right move there. And this is not a, a Craig Kimbrell thing. I don't think I'll end up regretting this one because the plate skills are disastrous 31% K, 7% walk. Uh, like I said, sub 300 OBP by a lot. The raw power was nice, but I just don't think that the 29 year old journeyman Eric Haas plays enough to be an effective uh, C1 or even really a great C2. Yeah, I mean, makes good zone contact for a catcher. 76% isn't bad. Okay. Um, we know he has power in the bat. He's got the pop. I I, um, I, I will not, I will not uh, push back on the pop. I think the big question really for me, you know, and I think 230 is a fair batting average. He had 231 this year is how many plate appearances does he get? If you really think he's only going to get 300, then he has to drop considerably. Yep. I think he's a sub-200 batting average risk, big time. I thought he... I was thinking he was like a 400, 
you know, 420 plate appearance guy, uh, and that he can just, you know, swing his way to 20 home runs again. I think they're going to want to have better outfielders out there. Uh, like I said, Badu, Grossman, and and Derek Hill, I think, is Some the three. Some point, Riley they... Green's up. And then Green, yeah, I didn't even bring him up. I was talking about Victor Reyes there. But, yeah, Victor Reyes is like a fourth, fifth guy. So, yeah, I think Badu and left, you Hill sold and me. center. You sold me. Okay. Um, I am dropping him from 10 down to – I'm going to put him right next to Tucker Barnhart. Actually, I'm going to drop him to 20. Twenty-four. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, we, we might not get to all these here, but I want to get at least mm-hmm. a couple more of these, and then we can save the rest. And then, if you have your pitcher rankings up later in the week, then we can do. Yeah, I'll uh, have those done by Friday. So, if you want to do a Friday episode, we can. Perfect. Um, perfect. And then we can discuss those. Oh wait, no, I'll be gone. Oh well. well yeah. Well, then. we'll be back. <laughs> okay, the, the actual schedule will be back on track next week. Yeah, I forgot. I, I, I <laughs> then, it's holiday weekend too with Veterans Day. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. So that's right. I mean, it, it's it's fine. Um, All right. So I got John Haas. I, again, I do not think this will be a Craig Kimbrell situation. I would be very, 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 very surprised if I end up regretting this one and taking an L. I, I hope I'm protecting you here because I just I I don't think we should be taking Eric Haas. Um, DJ Lemayhew, twelfth at first base. This one surprised me because um, you're you're buying back in, which I'm not a hundred percent against. I, I will say that. I think what really jarred me was some of the guys he's above, namely Cody Bellinger. Now, we had the uh, hilarious uh, conversation with Nick Pollock and I about Cody Bellinger at, at AFL. If you were there, you, uh, you you got to witness that, and then uh, you got to witness. Cody Bellinger embarrassing me every plate appearance after that. Uh, I, I basically I called him dog shit and I said the 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 single against the Giants doesn't change anything. Nick's like, well, you know, you know that that he, I thought he was putting too much importance on one base hit. Turned out to be a hilarious meme because uh, I did my whole you know get super animated thing, and then he ends up dominating the rest of the playoffs at least relative to where Cody Bellinger had been. I, I put dominant in, in quotes because he you know he's just collecting hits, but it was hilarious every time. Every time he got a hit, I just texted Nick, "I love you." I, I, every single time, I was like, "I love you," uh, because Cody Bellinger made me look stupid. But you only have him at 15, um, and that's what really jarred me was that Lemayhew's above him. So I want to kind of talk about both here. We got LeMahieu at 12, which I thought was a little high. Are you are you are you betting on the power coming back? And then Bellinger only got up to 15 based on his uh based on his playoffs? Um yeah, I mean I I hate to buy back in I, I don't want to push it too hard on pushing him sample. way back up. Exactly. Exactly. It's 39 uh, point appearances with just one homer. It was really walks. Uh, it was really the OBP and batting average that drove Bellinger, and he had a 500 Babbitt. So I don't want to. I don't want to overstate the off season, uh, the uh, p- p- postseason for him. But above Lemay, uh, below Ma- Lemayhu was what really got me. I th- I think I'm taking Bellinger over Lemayhu pretty easily next year. And I was a Lemayhu guy coming in, but at first base. Uh, I, and I know he has triple eligibility still, which I do like. Yeah, that, and that that's huge for me. The other thing that's huge for me is he leads off for the Yankees. Um, which which is, is great. I agree. So even if the power doesn't come back, we're talking about a guy who potentially could, you know, score 100 runs. 
um, with a you know I think the batting average definitely bounces back. Um, you know, I mean, a three hundred one BABIP this year, which was pretty low for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a career career three forty BABIP guy. Hit you know three three hundred one BABIP. Um, he was twenty eighth at first base this year, which was br- it was a brutal year. Yeah, it was like brutal. But I mean, still triple eligible. Uh, you're gonna get the runs. I do think the power comes back some. Uh, and you're you're talking about a guy who's probably like a high teens homer uh, homer production. Uh, a 300 batting average, uh, and a boatload of runs, uh, which okay. are always an underutilized asset. Uh, I mean, I and, uh, I want Bellinger to be good. I mean, outside of being a Giants fan and not wanting any Dodgers well, to be yeah. good. Um, but what he did in the playoffs does not even come close to erasing what he's done over the last two seasons. That's fair. Uh, and I, I definitely I want I to sit down and like do kind of a swing analysis, you know, side by side from uh, the playoffs and uh, and the regular season and see if I see anything that would, you know, make me feel like, oh, he made a legitimate change. Do you think the offseason is enough to kind of get him get him right health wise? Because I think that's a big issue with Bellinger, too, is like, where's he at health wise? But he played, you know, um, in the second half and played throughout the playoffs. So should we reasonably assume that that his health is improving or or do you think he was playing at like a a 90, 95 percent clip? Yeah, I think he was playing fairly healthy most of the year. I don't I don't know that this is a health issue this I mean, unless, unless there's an eyesight problem, because I mean, you, you, you don't think the shoulder was was part of why he was so bad. I mean, I'm sure it plays a little bit into it, but no, I don't. I I mean, if you look at it, just his approach at the plate, there were massive changes. Like he was swinging at things he never would have swung at, you know, in, in his 2019 season. Like mm-hmm. that's not health. That is. Uh, not knowing what you're doing up at the plate. It's approach, yeah. yeah approach that, and, and you know, maybe the health in the past made him less confident. So then that leads to him trying to change his approach. So I mean, maybe it's a you know a domino effect. But ultimately, yeah, I don't know that this is a health issue. And Wasn't like, there a big swing change coming into twenty, and we were all like, "Why did yes, why is the yeah, MVP he, he, changing?" He completely his swing? retooled his swing after the MVP season struggled has tried to rechange it two or three times um this ranking you know maybe it is low but it's me saying i don't want cody bellinger on my team okay you know? and, and that is that is how you feel and, you're, you're out and honestly if i know that reese hoskins is healthy coming into the season hoskins jumps him okay like i just don't right. want like and i understand the upside and if if I'm in a draft with 14 other people or 11 other people who feel the exact same way about Cody Bellinger than me, then I'll take the gamble. But I think his playoffs where he hit 353 is going to push him back up into that top 50. And mm-hmm. I'm, I can't do that. Like I just, I can't do that. Especially because in spite of how amazing a playoff he had, he had one home run. I know, I know. Like it was an amazing homer, but and a but, lot. Yeah. If you go back and rewatch a lot of those, five hundred Babbitt, like I said, like, so. yeah, yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those hits were like, like just dinked through the hole, you know, in between second and and, and that was what led me to my comment of like, well, he's still dog shit. Like, let's not, 
Yeah. Let's not go crazy here. I mean, were some of those really, really well-timed for the Dodgers? Absolutely. It doesn't change. Like, he still struck out 28% of the time. Like, it doesn't change who doesn't he... doesn't change his fundamental outlook. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. I, I think that's that's completely fair uh, with regards to Bellinger. And with LeMahieu, I know it's tough because, like, you also have to consider the, the, the triple eligibility there, too. So while he doesn't maybe you don't want him at first base because of the power production. I think you still have to draft him, um, uh, you know, relatively high. Uh, I think you to, can make the argument that... that I'm too low on LeMahieu. Interesting. I don't, like, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like, go that part of, far. Part of my, you know, I, I thought you were going to say I was too low on both of them. Um, so like, I'm not part even of me feels necessary. like I should have him higher, but I just, I'm not ready to do that. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think you necessarily should. I'm not even, fully saying that you're too high. It was more of like, I wanted to discuss through mm-hmm. it with LeMayhew uh, because I, I was bought in. Like I, I was in on him coming into the year. I'm, I'm a sucker for eligibility. Uh, runs are, are chronically over overlooked in fantasy. So I wanted to discuss that a bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to kind of see where you were with him. And I, I think I understand why you have LeMahieu at 12, and I, I can get behind that. But then, like I said, the juxtaposition of Bellinger being 15, maybe Bellinger over the two oldies in, in Votto and Gurriel? Because that, that's who's in between. They're, they're 13 no. and 14, respectively. No, you're, you're their floors them? are just too safe. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I think you can make the argument over Votto. I'm not going to do it over Gurriel. I yeah. Just, Gurriel I, just feels like too safe of a player. Well, as safe as you can be at that age. The problem is yeah. when you talk about four at that age, is it can go instantly. They're both going to be thirty-eight. <laughs> you but, mean it, like, but if you gonna... mean like it has for Cody Ballinger? Well, I mean the the floor disappeared on him. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I mean... but yeah, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't want to push too hard on Ballinger because I I don't think I'm necessarily putting him much higher. I just these two were more with with LeMahieu and Bellinger is more I wanted to talk through them as opposed to uh, f- you know try to sway you into re-ranking them. I, I think uh, I think I'm fine with where you have both. I, I think I can get behind that. Uh, we'll save the rest uh, because you'll have your SPs. We have a hard out and uh, we can talk the the rest of the uh, offensive positions and starters and we can do that early next week. Uh, and then, like I said, we'll be back on track with our with our normal schedule for the rest of the offseason outside of, you know, holidays creeping up or whatever. But uh, great talking with you, man. It's been too long. I'm, I'm glad uh, we enjoyed our our little our brief hiatus for the offseason. And now it's right back to the grindstone because uh, baseball doesn't stop. And I'm, I'm all about the, uh, the 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 12 month cycle with baseball. I know some people want a break from it. And I respect that. That's your choice. But for me. I don't like I don't like to take the foot off the gas at all, to be quite honest. Yeah. So we'll be back next week talking more, and uh, I look forward to those SP rankings. Take it easy.